Friday afternoon deploys like a WYSIWYG in Django Admin. It seems like a good idea, until you're like halfway through it. So we're 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 back. We're back after this is our second episode of the year, and we're rolling. Tyrell's still he's still got the puppy mill going over there. Yeah, yeah, That's he's, excellent. He's he's making it. He's found a new place to hide behind the couch. There's a blanket that he likes to tuck into. So I can't remember if we brought up the puppy on the on the last episode, but Tyrell Tyrell's got a little one. Yeah, how how little of a little one? He's four weeks old. It's awesome. Uh, the the mom orphaned him. She's a notoriously bad mother dog and unfortunately she got bred not her uh, not her first time giving one up so he's the he's the only one that's made it from the litter and we've been bottle feeding him and taking care of him he's he's a handsome little devil he's a lot of fun but he's also like having a baby uh so i didn't i didn't miss that I didn't miss having babies, and yet here I am again with one. Tyrell's been bottle feeding him on conference calls and stuff. But if you hear yeah. if you hear some yelping in the background, it's not because we're keeping our devs in cages or anything like that. It's it's just the puppy at Tyrell's house, and we got Austin with Austin hasn't been with us in a while. What's up, Austin? I've been enjoying the show from afar. You, just, you get to enjoy it as a listener. That's good. And uh, and we've got a guest with us uh, from from abroad. We've got Mario, who is the president of the Django CMS Association. How's it going, Mario? Hi, everybody. Happy to be here. Yeah, tell us. So, so where are you, where are you coming to us from? Well, um, I am here in Zurich, in the uh, economic capital of Switzerland. Um, yeah, uh, working for. An agency called What What's Digital, um, or short, just What. Just What. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, tell us a uh, tell us a little bit about your role. So we've talked um, uh, to to give Mario some context. Our listeners know that we're a, we're a Django shop here at Lofty, uh, also an agency. Um, not particular, like not specialized in content management. Although we have done a lot of content management type applications. Um, and so, um, definitely have familiarity with CMSs. I think that like we have, um, we're not typically a Django CMS shop here. Um, but we all have the common goal of hating WordPress and killing it. Right. And so, so we can, we can all be friends around that. So maybe just give us some context, um, to us and, and the listeners about, um, what you do with Django CMS and your role as the president of the association, and then yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk CMS stuff. Sounds fun. Yeah, so um, maybe I can start a little bit as well with uh, where Django CMS comes from, because we haven't been part of uh, the Django CMS community from the start. We came in in uh, two thousand and sixteen. Um, as a newly founded agency, um, we already were fluent in Django, so we were a team of two. Now, at what we're a bit bigger, we're around uh, 35 people all across uh, Europe, fully distributed, fully digitally. And uh, back then, we basically just knew uh, Django, right? And we thought Django is an amazing framework. Uh, we saw it's a top three um, web framework, and we really liked the principles and the philosophy behind it. And uh, very soon when we started to do projects, um, we found out that, oh, yeah, people need page builders. People need uh, content management functionality in the projects. And, uh, you know, pretty soon we we noticed that actually um, there was Jungle CMS and that the founders of Jungle CMS uh, was actually an, uh, an agency, a web agency, that was uh, literally uh, next door of where we had our offices in those times. That's pretty serendipitous. I said that's pretty serendipitous, just like right next door. Yeah, it was literally more more or less across the river, and Zurich is 
is small, so everything is next door in Zurich. <laughs> and 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 we found out that that these guys, uh, this agency is called Divio.com. They still exist, but they um, they do they do hosting. They do Django hosting now, so they are not in the agency business anymore. They they kind of changed their business model into a, a product, uh, into a platform as a service uh, they, product. They did they what um, they did the dream of all agencies, right? Because isn't yeah. that what we're <laughs> all trying to do? Come on, let's yeah, <laughs> yes. let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> hands down, well, you've got to make down, it off yes. the ground eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's <laughs> yes. find that product. Let's find something, yes. just anything that brings in revenue that isn't an hour sitting in a chair. <laughs> Yes, so they are, so Divio is now already in the agency heaven, in the agency nirvana, they reached the ultimate goal, the ultimate objective, while we are still, uh, uh, you know, um, working here with uh, on-client projects. Don't worry, but we're, yeah, we're so still on that path <laughs> with you, you're, you're not okay. alone. But let us, but if okay. you do come up with a product, let us know, we, we'll hitch our wagon to it. <laughs> okay, great, great. <laughs> So, uh, so Divio uh, became, uh, you know, good friends of us, and we uh, worked with uh, with them on a, on a lot of projects. And it was all Django and Django CMS. So Django CMS slowly became um, uh, our main focus, and uh, we also still, you know, we still maintain uh, some of the Django CMS projects that uh, were originally Divio clients. So that's how we kind of got into uh, Django CMS. It was uh, uh, very smooth. It was very natural. And um, uh, since then, what we did is we gained a lot of experience in how to use Django CMS the right way, how to how to make sure that the uh, editor experience is good, um, how to make sure that um, uh, for developers, that uh, for front-end developers, it works well. So we invested a lot in kind of uh, making this stack uh, work, work for us. Yeah, um, at about six months ago, we then um, started to uh, feel that we need we need a broader support um, from uh, we need to make the uh, make the community grow, and we created the Jungle CMS Association that is now um, taking care of organizing the community, growing market share, increasing the visibility visibility of Jungle CMS as an open source project. And uh, organizing the and fostering the contributions uh, to the to the code repositories. Awesome. I mean, that's like I think pretty common um, when open source projects get to a certain size and maturity and, and want to do that. So you see that with the Django Foundation, the Django Software Foundation, the PSF for Python, um, and and Chrissy uh, Wainwright, who's local here to our area. Um, sits on, or at least sat for a while, on the board of the Plone Foundation. If you're familiar with Plone uh, mm -hmm. as well, and so that's that's always that's neat to see. I didn't realize that Django that Django CMS had only recently. You're saying like in the last six months have moved towards the creation of an association like that. So yes. how's how's that transition gone? Are you the first president? Is that yeah, like a, is that a rolling position, yeah. or or are you pres <laughs> are you like a dictator for life kind of thing? Uh, no, also uh, here at Jungle CMS Association, we uh, abandoned the idea of uh, dictatorship a okay. while ago, and we are um, uh, we are elected. The presidents are elected for uh, two years uh, in a row, so uh, half of that of the United States of America, and with no option to renew, so no eight years, um, so only two years for me, and. Um, uh, and we also have, of course, a lot of uh, other uh, positions in the association. Uh, we also have a, a very strong technical committee. The, there are currently sitting, I think, six or seven people in the technical committee. And a lot, a lot of the really important decisions, they are, of course, uh, techni of technical nature. They are made in the technical committee. Awesome. That sounds really cool. I've always been fascinated by like um, the the because because being from being from the commercial side, right, and building an organization for for a uh, a business has always made me really interested in how you put process around software, um, particularly like open source software, because we are a business that that ha we've built an enterprise. 
um, on top. We use open source software in our day to day, but I always get really just fascinated at the process of like, how do you organize and like formalize um, something like open source software? Um, so I'll, I'll give you, um, I'm going to give Mario my, my personal background so he knows where he's at. And then maybe Tyrell and, and Austin can share the same. Um, I was actually a heavy Django CMS user up until about, um, I would say 2013 or so. Um, and that is, uh, until, until doing some research to have you on the show, the most recently that I had used it mostly because, um, I moved out. I personally moved, I was in the media industry. So a lot of CMS, like news media. So a lot of CMS work. Um, and we used Django CMS pretty heavily for that. Um, at the time, Django CMS was being used a lot at the, uh, public broadcasting service at PBS, um, here in the U S. And so I was a developer there. Um, and we used it in, the, in a bunch of different applications. Um, National Geographic used it. Um, our, our company, I was worked for a consulting firm. We used it, um, for our own products. And then I moved personally out of media and content management. And so I stopped using CMSs altogether, um, in my day-to-day work until somewhat recently. And that was when, when we were, you know, needing it for the first project was to build out a website for Lofty. Um, and you can't like, if you're a software agency, unless you are like a PHP agency, the very first decision you make is like, what am I using? That's not WordPress because I won't do it. I won't say, I know that like, I need to set up a marketing website. What do we do? Um, and so that's, that's when we got back in CMS and we have occasionally, set up CMSs for some of our customers. We've built some product and they need a marketing website to go with it. And we say, yes, we can do that too, since we're already here. Um, and uh, typically recently as a company, we like to choose common tooling across our projects. It makes us more efficient. We, it make, gives us the ability to move people in and out. And so for us, we had chosen uh, Wagtail. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with Wagtail and use it at some point. So I think everybody on this call from or from on on the show here from from our side um, from the Lofty team um, has recent familiarity with Wagtail, but not so much with Django CMS. And me specifically, my my knowledge of Django CMS ends around 2013. So I know a lot's changed. I'd be curious to hear what's changed, um, and I'm also curious to understand how. Other players like Wagtail, which didn't exist back then, they're relatively new, I think, in the grand scheme of things. How has that influenced the 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 progress and the development and feature set of Django CMS? So I'm curious about that. I don't know about you guys, Austin, Tyrell. Have you guys used Django CMS in the past and recently, if that? Uh, I've not. Okay. No, the most of my time in, in the CMS world was spent uh, in PHP. The thankfully, thankfully not WordPress. I'm more in the Drupal, Drupal uh, world, um, and Drupal being a, a super, super big powerhouse uh, on the PHP side. Uh, you, you mentioned PBS using Django CMS. NPR uses Drupal, and yeah. um, so that's <laughs> that's the other half of the the, the big public media stuff. Um, the, the White House uses Drupal, or at least they, they did at the time. Yeah, um, and I was working. I, I got my chops up to speed working for an NPR affiliate, a local public radio station, building Drupal stuff. And um, that got me kind of started down my career path. But um, yeah, beyond that, I've, I've, I've used CMSs minimally other than kind of the default backend that Django admin gives us, which is, which is almost a CMS. Almost. CMS without guardrails. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a CMS that you can blow your toes off with. Yeah, um, it's it's a, it's an ORM CMS, if you will. Yeah, there right? you go. Right, it's a CMS it's for your models. Yeah, it's a database CMS. Nothing looks pretty. It's just you can put content in there and look at it. So I think anyone who has tried to use Django Admin as a CMS, you know, ends up. I mean, I think, I think there are a lot of people. There's a couple of different end destinations, but the path looks roughly the same, which is that you start with like, can I drop a WYSIWYG? style text editor on a text field with a Django admin widget? And the answer is you can, but you don't want to, you know, (laughs) Mario's shaking his head. Yes. You know, and, and then you go down the path of like some, at some point you end up on Django packages looking at the grids. Right. And, um, and if you're like me, you go like, well, 
what's this zinnia thing? That seems really simple and straightforward. And so we all dabble with zinnia a little bit. Uh, and then, and, and maybe, maybe that's the end of your path. You go, this is enough for me. And then you go down the path of a Django CMS or a wagtail. Um, there's a couple of other players, or if you're trying to do e-commerce, you know, there's, there's some really interesting e-commerce stuff going on in Django. There's Oscar, there's sailor. And I'm, I'm, I'm listing these together because these are, in my mind, really comparable types of projects for Django. That they're not like small plugins, they're not little standalone features, but they are themselves sort of frameworks within the framework. You know, it's a, I, I tell people that Wagtail is not a CMS, it is a CMS framework. It is a framework for constructing your own CMS. Um, it does nothing out of it, it ships with no content types. You can do nothing with it when you install it, you have to start programming a CMS. Now Django CMS is not that way, is that correct? Mario, like, does it ship with content types? You can start building pages right away. Well, um, I'd say, um, I'd say no. Okay. It's also coming as you know in its in its true form without any additional packages pre-installed. It also comes as a as a pretty empty CMS um, in Django CMS. Really. Uh, the focus is on creating your own uh, components. They're called plugins, but it's the same. It's basically just uh, components that you can uh, that you can drag around, that you can copy and paste pretty much everywhere on on all the pages. So I'd say the focus is also on creating your own components. Um, however, in Jungle CMS, you can you can put components into components, so you have a fully open hierarchical um, tree of components and this makes it a little bit easier to use very simple components so instead of for example text with image with link button etc so if 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 you had one single component there in another system in jungle you would have maybe a container component and then an image component inside of it and then a text component inside of it and then maybe uh, below it, you'd have a button component and you would create uh, this, sec this section, this, this kind of bigger section, you would build this from smaller, uh, more atomic components. And, and, and like this, you can actually do a lot with very, very simple, uh, you know, just as a couple of very simple components, you can do already a lot. And that's a little bit the difference, I think, between Jungle CMS and other CMSs, yeah. where you maybe build very custom, very rich components that are very uh, strict and not very flexible. In Jungle CMS, it's the other way around. You have smaller base components, and then you kind of need to have a power user knowledge um, about how to interact with this hierarchical um, uh, kind of tree of components to stitch together your uh, bigger macro uh, sections on on a specific page, and those and those components, like when you're when you're talking about a power user, it's a power user of like the esoteric components of that instance of the CMS, right? Because th those are components that again they don't ship with the framework. You've constructed components that fit the use case, um, and so it's almost like a component library for that particular website, if you will, or, or set of websites? It, it's kind of a, it's true, yeah, to some extent, it's okay. kind of a blend, uh, right? It's a mix between uh, standard components like uh, the text plugin, the text component, it's just a rich text editor, uh, the image uh, component that connects to uh, a filing system with, uh, you know, very, very similar to what you have on your operating systems with folders, uh, folder structure, etc., where, where you can leave files. I'm not sure if Wagtail is using Jungle Filer as well, but it's not. It's uh, they have their own Wagtail core images system, but it, it, it so so Jenkins CMS does use Filer. Is that correct? Yes, Jungle CMS is is depend is kind of using Filer Jungle Filer a lot, uh, which is really just kind of a file management uh, tool. Um, it doesn't have to. We also often integrate Jungle CMS with kind of a third-party um, um, uh, kind of CDN uh, where you have all your your documents. But uh, yeah, uh, as out of the out of the box, it comes as Jungle Filer where you have full control uh, over and you can have your own folders and multiple people can have their folders. So that's quite flexible. 
That's something um, that I, I find interesting about Django CMS and its design because Filer is something that stands totally independent of Django CMS because we have used that um, somewhat mm-hmm. recently on projects just to have a file management browsable system, right, of, um, you know, basically giving in-app Django admin access to being able to manipulate folder structures. It's not just on disk. I, I think you can do that on top of Django storages with like yeah, S3 yeah, and yeah, things like Django that. storages. Yeah. 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 We mostly do these projects on S3. So all the media is stored on S3 and Django Filer plays really nicely with that. And that's a pretty big, that's a pretty stark contrast from the design philosophy of Wagtail, uh, which is where Wagtail ships with its own core image handler, document handler, um, that would not stand on their own because they're all dependent on the UI of the rest of Wagtail's admin, admin system. So um, it's a it's tightly coupled on the Wagtail side on the component places. Like technically you can turn them off and on, but you certainly couldn't use them independently. You couldn't turn them on in some other app. Um, you can really, so I guess I guess it, you can turn them off and on, but the reality is that like you can turn them off is really the only functionality um, because you can't just use them standalone. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I think Wagtail has even its own um, kind of admin end endpoint uh, URL, right? It's not a standard chunk admin that I, is also serving as the Wagtail admin. I want to say Austin's shaking his head. He may remember this. I think that if mm. you configure it like by the book through the documentation, it parks its own admin interface at. It, the the standard practice is to put it at slash admin where you would normally mount your Django admin URLs. And then mm-hmm. you can route an alternate admin URL to Django's admin. That- yeah. Okay. I, I was doing a little bit of research coming into this just to familiarize myself with Django CMS. And one of the key differences I saw that, that Django CMS attempts to overwrite the admin that ships Whereas Wagtail, you can specifically specify to stand alone. So you could bring Wagtail into an existing project where you might have more difficulty doing that with Django CMS. This is the differences I saw. Yeah, that's true. There is actually, by default, there's a Django CMS uh, admin styles package that kind of overrides the styles of Django admin. However, we recently found out that it can also be left away so I think, um, you know, looking at the vision of Jungle CMS, it's really about, you know, it would be really about making the least amount of changes to the to the default Jungle admin. And this becomes more and more important. So I think Jungle CMS is also nice because it integrates tightly in the existing Jungle admin interface. And, and the vision that I see, at least, I mean, there, there might be a, deviant uh, opinions uh, in the community but what I see what would be really great if is if we could even reduce the kind of customizations that Django CMS does to the Django admin so um, I recently um, listened to somebody who, who told me that uh, he is completely abandoning the styling override of Django admin and uh, Django CMS also works with that so we're also Trying to get rid of a lot of uh, of dead weight currently uh, in the in the Jungle CMS code, and maybe this uh, Jungle CMS uh, uh, admin styles package is uh, something that we might not need in the future anymore. I think that would be really interesting. I know that um, you know one one reason why um, Wagtail was an initial choice for me when I was researching, like the first time I used it, um, was the uh, seeming like simplicity of how you would integrate it to an existing broader Django application, to an application that wasn't just a CMS. Now, you can debate all day up and down as to whether or not you need to be mounting your marketing CMS in on the same code base as the rest of your application, right? Um, and honestly, I can't think of a I can't think of a time recently that we've done that where we've actually combined it. Like, do you really, cause you know, the world has changed. Like we, I still like a marketing site to be served in the traditional request response cycle of the web. I like an application to be done as a single page application with APIs and, and, and a JavaScript front end. And so things have changed where like, 
that is less of a decision making point of like how easily can I in it because now it's like can, can I drop a marketing website on top of my API? I mean, I guess you could if you wanted to. Um, so that's less of a a constraint. But I also noticed that um, Django CMS has a sort of front end editor. Is that correct? Which is something that yeah, I I, right. I don't think that there's any other CMS for Django that has something like that. I don't believe. Yeah, I think that this is what really makes Django CMS uh, unique. Um, and this is also something that we always stress when we talk about editor experience. It's also something that I really like. I've been doing a lot of content editing in, in Django CMS and being able to just uh, browse the website as if I was a, a website visitor and then being able to double click somewhere and change the text or change the image or drag and drop um, image to the left and the text to the right. And having the, the structure sidebar on the right, um, that's basically where you can see all the components uh, and, and, and you can drag and drop them around and, and then seeing the like page. Like see update. them in a hierarchy as well of like how they In a hierarchy, yes, yeah. in, this in this tree of component because components can be inside of other components. And having this, for me, is really a, a really powerful tool to... Um, to quickly have the preview right away and uh, having the control uh, and the editing possibilities right on the website without needing to log into an admin backend and then doing the changes there. For me, that's that's always been a, a really big plus of Django CMS. I think that's a really interesting thing. And I mean, like it depends, right? I think your use case um, really dictate, dictates as to whether or not um, that is a, a major feature that you're looking for or not. I mean, maybe if you're just running a blog, right, where once you've determined the structure of your page, you have like a couple of different, con you know, you have a homepage, you have a category page, you have a blog post page, and the structure from there doesn't really differentiate and change, maybe you don't have a need for that kind of interactive editor. But when you run a media Absolutely. site like what, what I was working on at PBS, when you run pbskids.org, right, where you have independent editors and content managers that are wanting to build out custom section fronts every week, right, around some new piece of content, and they want to have a designer come up with something totally unique to this big, whether it's promotional or temporary content or just like the launch of a new season of a TV show was really common, where it was like, let's completely rethink the layout of the website. And that doesn't mean like redeploying new infrastructure to do it, right? How do you do that? And I think that kind of editor is, is really valuable in that situation. Absolutely, yeah. I think that too. It's really interesting to, to note that um, even though Django CMS supports different templates in our projects, uh, we normally just have one template and that template is completely empty. Um, sometimes we even have the footer and the menu as uh, components, um, especially, for example, you have a header image and it kind of uh, overlaps with the menu. So it's kind of one entity and then you might want to have just the menu without the image below that overlaps a little bit. And then you can actually choose the menu of your website as a component and uh, you can then have menu combined with um, uh, an image, uh, for example. So it's kind of a different kind of menu. And even the footer, so everything is a component in Jungle CMS. And the template that we use normally, if you look at it in the front end, it's just empty. It has, it has actually nothing. It's kind of an empty blank page. And then you start filling this empty template with components. And that that is, um, with that, I want to describe a little bit what uh, you just said about being able to have a lot of different rich content in, in the same system without having to go to the development team every time you want to change something. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big difference between, I think, some of, some of the other frameworks, right? And like in... You can certainly do things like that with Wagtail, but it does involve a call to a developer to go build out a new template. Um, you can do Wagtail has this great concept of something they call stream fields, but it still doesn't get you what you just described. Stream fields is their take on components uh, in in the Wagtail world, but it's still really constrained to the sort of 
body content of a page, right? The sort of the middle of the window that like for all of us that have done enough, you know, it's that, it's that content block that has a, a 12 column grid in the middle, everything inside that 12 columns in the middle, right? Um, is, is where the stream field is. And so you can build custom stuff. You can kind of nest it because they have this concept of, like hybrid component, like slotted components almost. They don't call it that, but like you can build uh, an item for a stream field and then a slotted item that lets you nest them hierarchically or hierarchically, hierarchically. How do you even say that word? Um, it's committed to just now. It's uh, horrible words. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um, and, and, and so Wagtail solved that problem by just saying, well, you can't do that. So now we don't have to worry about how to say that word. Um, so, so yeah, you, but you can't do what you've just described with like that kind of rich, um, uh, content. Um, so I, I, I uh, Oh, go ahead. Well, you mentioned menus and I will also say that menus and CMSs is, is like the word, the word, no one's figured that. It's like the worst. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and I can't, again, my, my knowledge of Django CMS ends in 2013 outside of that and looking broadly at every other CMS I've used, I don't feel like menus are not something that anyone has categorically gotten right to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, maybe Django, Django CMS has it better these days, but I laugh at Wagtail's well, <laughs> menu system. <laughs> it's a, it's a hard problem, right? It is a hard problem because, and I think it's not a technical challenge. It's really for me more, um, there's so many use cases and so yeah. many uh, different is it, types is it of nested? requirements to menus. You have headers and footers and like different mm. people see different menus. You have that aspect. Like, are you logged in? Different menu, right? Um, that's yeah. super common. And, and uh, let, me, let me maybe um, lose a couple of words about how Django CMS solved this in a, in a very generic way so that it can cover a lot of different use cases. So since... Since there is this principle of components inside components, and uh, this can really be applied anywhere, uh, even for menus. And so most menus are kind of lists. So um, there's a list and then it has items and maybe one of the items is a sublist. So it's a list again, and then uh, there's sub items in that sublist. And uh, so this is everything in HTML is very hierarchical, right? So uh, in the end, a list can also just be represented by components. So for example, we often do manual menus where the, the menu is not dynamically generated from the page tree because there's always exceptions, right? Mm -hmm. There's always an editor coming, oh, but now I have this uh, page, I would like to hide it. Every, like anyone who's it. ever done like a website for a client has had that conversation where they're like, no, we want every page in the menu always in all cases. Like, okay, great, here it is. And they're like, well, not that page, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it's like, ah, ah, this, this just went from yeah. A loop through all to a let's write a bunch of logic, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and we kind of fall, we fell back to uh, just give the editors manual menus. So um, since you have the sidebar, uh, we call it a structure sidebar, and since there you can organize everything in a hierarchical way, um, we just give the we just give the editor a, um, a kind of menu node. And inside the menu node, he can put menu items. And then this is all manual. So the editor has the complete control over, over the menu. And it's just, just another placeholder in the sidebar uh, where this menu is then uh, controlled and uh, managed manually. And this has the kind of uh, disadvantage that if you insert a new page, um, you really have to think about adding that page uh, manually as an item in the in the sidebar, because otherwise the, that, that new page will just not show. Um, of course, Django CMS also has the possibility to dynamically create um, a menu, render it from the page tree. That's also possible. But in our experience, we just basically often fall back to manual menus. I think it's interesting because content managers think about this stuff differently than engineers, right? Content managers think about um, the the backlog of content as a big filing cabinet, and there's different things they want to surface and bring to the top. Whereas engineers are like, I can't put this file in the filing cabinet if there's not some visible path to it, right? Uh, if there's going to be a page that lists out everything of this content type, it must be exhaustive and list everything. 
Um, and so um, maybe different CMSs approach those in different ways. And I, it might be fair to say that Wagtail is more of a developer CMS. Not like that it's better for development, but like it's organized in a way that makes developers happy and possibly in a way that makes content managers not happy. I've never built a Wagtail CMS and handed it over to a content manager and said, go nuts, build the website of your dreams. We've built it for our own websites as developers. We love it. You know, <laughs> we, we love the way it's organized. And so, um, again, different use cases there. Um, Tyrell, you had something to say earlier, but I don't know if you if you retained it. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask, with all of the ability to do live edits on the page and things of that nature, obviously, we got some JavaScript going on up there. Is that, what? what is that, um, is that a, yeah, what, what library are you using? Are we, is it? Is it React? Is it Vue? Is it jQuery? Um, what what flavor of JavaScript is Django CMS relying on for the fancy front-end magic? Okay, so um, there's two different things, right? One is the actual uh, logic of the, the front-end editing features in Django CMS. Um, that's currently not relying on any of the modern um, front-end application framework. So I'd say it's probably by now uh, maybe a, a little bit of a, of a legacy code base there. Um, but it's, so from a contributor point of view, it's uh, definitely something that at some point we would like to modernize. Um, also because, of course, uh, we're looking in the future at headless features where the whole front-end editing, which is essentially just JavaScript, right? And the whole structure sidebar with the, the tree of components that the editor needs to be able to manage in the front-end. So these features, at some point, we need to create them so that they can be dropped into a front-end application, right? It has to be dropped as a package into, for example, a React application, and it needs to be compatible with React or Vue.js or, or Angular. And currently, this is kind of a challenge still, um, because currently this front-end code that does the front-end editing is kind of uh, tightly knit into, into the, uh, the Jungle CMS uh, backend code. And um, there is, uh, by the way, a package that um, allows to integrate uh, the front-end into, into, into just any of those front-end applications. Uh, frameworks that I just mentioned. Uh, there is a package like that. It's called uh, Jungle CMS uh, SPA for single page application. And it, it actually kind of solves this in, a, in, a, in an okay way, I would say. I've never looked into it, but I assume that they had to hack around a little bit in the Jungle CMS core. Um, but they achieved their objective, right? So you can have Jungle CMS as a headless CMS and integrate it with a React or uh, any other type of front-end application. Does, does, that in, does that include like the front-end page editor or just like the, the distribution of content? It includes, um, you know, a really, you see, you have a, you have a React front-end application and you can click, double-click somewhere and you can edit the okay, content. Cool. You have the, uh, the sidebar, right, over overlapping and you have the Django admin also as a model that overlaps. So it's really Django CMS uh, on top of a front-end application. Well, I was going to yeah, say... It's pretty crazy. <laughs> it is. I, I love seeing stuff like that because, you know, there's so much, There's that's a challenging thing. But when you talk about, like, how to take that maybe what's becoming a legacy code base for the editor and modernize it. Do it with Vue. That's my vote. Do it with Vue. And we're big Vue fans over here. I don't know if you've listened to enough of the show to hear it, but like we, we're big fans of it um, because uh, that is pretty pluggable, right? Vue can be used. You can get so many of the benefits of a, of a proper application framework without it being a spa. And it can still be distributed almost as a library that you just embed in the footer of a page. So when it comes to like injecting the editor's overlay on top of your page content that maybe is not built as a spa, um, Vue I think would be a really cool, like uh, it's got design patterns that support that kind of use case. Yeah, yeah, we love Vue as well. Um, um, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, probably everything goes uh, towards headless and front-end application in the future. 
Um, even though, you know, sometimes uh, when we do this really heavyweight, uh, content-focused um, websites, we still see there's, you know, a couple of challenges here and there, even now in 2021, and to really move something like this where uh, search engine optimization is really key. Uh, even then, uh, to move something to a, a front-end application framework, it's, it's sometimes still a challenge, I would say. But I think, you know, the journey goes there. And uh, I think one of our big goals with Jungle CMS is also providing front-end editing capabilities inside of a kind of droppable package that is then compatible with the with the, the most common uh, front-end application framework. So that's really the vision as well. So something built in like vanilla JS that you can just drop into your React app or, or Vue app. Yes. Maybe yes, not vanilla exactly. JS, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Something, yeah. something framework yeah. agnostic, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. So that's really um, that's really the, the long term vision that we have, so that we can really decouple the uh, the back end um, of Jungle CMS uh, and and the front end um, because that obviously has uh, really a lot of uh, gains in efficiency and productivity if you look at uh, at, at, at at your just next door agency. I think that that is a very interesting problem. And it's like, um, there's a lot of things moving that complicate it, right? Uh, not, not just like the, not just the nature of the JavaScript frameworks that they move a million miles an hour and flavor of the week type yeah. problems. But you also have like one of your main concerns I would imagine in a headless CMS application, which I've never used because I haven't wanted to sort out the problem of search engine optimization, which is so important to content based websites of like, um, you know, Google needs to be able to read and index this and not just Google, less sophisticated players than Google need to be able to read and index this. Um, and not every bot is as good as Google bot. I'm sure I'm, I'm pretty sure Google renders JavaScript these days when it indexes, but not all of them do. Um, and you, and you don't want to break the semantic web. So like for content sites, you know, having canonical URLs that always access a piece of content, very, very important. And then you get into the concept of like, okay, I need to, to do a content site as we know it today, you would probably need to do server-side rendering to serve that with a spa for that reason, right? Um, and then server-side rendering, you get into a place where it's like, now that's very esoteric to which framework you're using um, because it's not something you drop into the front end. This is actually, it's server-side, so it has to integrate there. Um, I know I know Austin over here is a Nuxt fan, so maybe Nuxt helps solve some of those problems at least. Nuxt is specific to Vue or is it like, Broader. Nuxt is specific oh, to view, yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't. I couldn't remember. There's so many. There's so I many. I mean, at paradigms. this point, almost all of them have their own flavor of a solution to the SEO problem. As like so, Flux is to Redux, something else is to Nuxt. Next is Re- Reacts or Gatsby is Reacts. You know, it, everybody has multiple flavors, and Nuxt isn't the only one that's a solution for the view community either. So that's one of the things that I think you have to solve for content sites, the the SEO side of it. But that's also one of the moving pieces. Like, how long is that the case? How long is that really true that you have to have canonical URL? I mean, Google's already broken the internet with AMP, um, which is a weird thing. Where like, you know, you don't like you have you have people sharing content to backlinks that sit at Google's domain that's just being proxied off of other websites, which is like terrible they're fast right that it's it's really 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 fast for a lot of reasons like google gets to be your cdn and, and strip content out but also like that's that's kind of broken a paradigm there so how, as that changes the cms community has to you know the the developers responsible for building these big engines that drive content like the the machinery and and logistics of content have to adapt to those major paradigm shifts of how content's being distributed and, and indexed by search engines. So, you know, and, and you don't know which direction it's going to go. So you have to kind of, I don't know. I don't know. What does that look like strategically for Django CMS? Is that, are those, are you guys having those kinds of conversations at a high level? Like, are you having to play chess with the search engines or is there a dialogue there with the search engine? Is Google giving you tips? Well, no, uh, we are not, uh, you know, that big, um, uh, so we're not really uh, in direct conversations with Google, 
But um, I, bet, I bet they're talking are... to Mullenweg, though. You know they are. <laughs> <laughs> they can't go around breaking two thirds of the yeah. internet. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, of course, we have clients that are very, very aware of uh, search engine visibility, and that they care a lot about that. And uh, these people are. You know, sometimes uh, extremely knowledgeable about SEO, and um, I mean, Django CMS is definitely uh, a CMS that is really uh, optimized for search engines and for visibility on search engines. Um, uh, but uh, a lot of uh, SEO requirements from from our clients they're actually quite custom, and there's a sometimes. A, quite a surprise also on our end um, what kind of uh, thoughts they have and what kind of requirements they have so um, we definitely get this pressure from uh, clients and out of projects and then we try to implement them but uh, in general Django CMS is a pretty open I would say I would even say CMS framework and um, we also, of course, have to make sure that it's not becoming too complex. So we are not always implementing everything as part of the core. We're trying to keep stuff in boilerplates. We try to keep keep stuff in projects so that we can keep the Django CMS code base uh, code base lean. Yeah, I don't know how is that uh, handled in a uh, wagtail. Is SEO like a uh, main kind of uh, concern and do you, are you trying to optimize for that as good as it's, as it's possible? I would say that Wagtail's approach has been not dissimilar from what I just described of my own personal philosophy, which is to keep it really not complex. Like basically not uh, when you, there is no front end component to Wagtail, right? It's all Django templates with the exception of like Wagtail will drop a little a little menu overlay in the corner of the site. And that's it, which lets you like go to a page and quickly navigate to the editor flow for that page. But when you do that, it's just a redirect to Wagtail's admin for the URL you're currently browsing. Um, and maybe there's some additional tools that like, cause there's drafting and publication revisions. So you might be able to go to a page and say, roll this back to a previous version from the front end. But that's really just like literally a, a hundred by hundred pixel dot. Um, that it drops on, on the front. And it's optional. It's a template tag in Django that you just drop on your front end. So because of that, um, you know, they, Wagtail as a CMS does offer an API, but that's kind of where their opinion ends as far as them. They're like, here's an API, do what you want with it, you sort it out. Um, and that's kind of a, I would say probably a battle that you guys at Django CMS have to face because you do have this integrated front end editor um, it sort of necessitates that you guys have to face those challenges in a way that Wagtail doesn't simply because they've just said like the separation of concerns for us ends before that problem starts um, mm -hmm. is, and, and I'm not involved in any way with any of the like strategic anything. I'm just a user of Wagtail. So they might be going like, fuck this guy. He's wrong. Uh, we think about that all day, every day, but from what I can tell as a user of it, I, I, don't, I don't think that they've concerned themselves much with it. There's like, you know, you've got metadata and description fields in there. And, um, and again, everything's about like calling your developer to implement some custom page types. Cause like you mentioned, SEO is, SEO is kind of voodoo, right? Um, some of it's real, some of it's not. There's, it's like shamanism, you know, it's like you need your descriptions to be That's 64 true. characters long um, and you need these mm -hmm. kind of titles and you also need to burn some sage, um, maybe rub these essential oils on your, behind your earlobes and <laughs> like, two weeks in a row. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're hot, we're hot on yeah. sage on this show. We got uh, to get sage in there. <laughs> yeah, we also see that, that sometimes there are different requirements from different uh, projects and they, sometimes even contradict themselves a bit. So um, we also see that there are uh, a lot of different approaches to SEO that sometimes uh, kind of make different technical implementations necessary. So, I, I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. That the same. Clients never give you contradicting requirements ever. Um, <laughs> Mario, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a, a video short called The Expert. Um, 
It's uh, it's pretty no. good. All right, I'm gonna put it in the show notes and I'm gonna link it to you so that you can see it. But yeah, we'll um, it there's a bunch of punchlines in that. But at one point, the client asked the expert explicitly to make seven parallel lines that are all strictly perpendicular. Um, and so yeah, uh, that that's just client services. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the world we live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I- so I quickly also wanted to to mention that um, you know there's also quite a big um, initiative going on right now in the Jungle CMS world. It's a Jungle CMS version four. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. It's it's not yet um, really widely communicated because it's still uh, cooking. But um, in Jungle CMS four, there's a lot of improvements in the code base, uh, but also new features. So. There's the whole topic of versioning that we're bringing in, um, where you have where you have version control um, on every page. Oh, so like content versioning. Yeah, content versioning. Nice. Yes, I saw a Twitter thread going on about that last night about Mm -hmm. some very popular developers talking about how nobody in the CMS space has really solved that problem. So that's interesting. Wagtail has versioning and we don't use it because it's complicated and weird. So like they've, again, they've made an attempt, but it's like you can draft stuff and publish it and apparently you can roll it back, but it's, it's kind of, I'll be interested. I'm I'm curious to see how Django Django CMS has solved it because I've seen attempts at it, but I've never seen any, it kind of reminds me of menus. I haven't seen anyone pull it off, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite a trick. We we're currently creating videos uh, where we um, demonstrate this functionality. Um, so uh, I will make sure to send you the link to, to those videos once they're ready. They're about they're about to be created. They should be ready in a couple of days. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I think I have the feeling that uh, Jungle CMS is really geared towards enterprise customers and often enterprise customers they have these requirements you need to have versioning and uh, you know you need to have uh, moderation mm-hmm. flows and you uh, kind of need to have user permissions for different user roles etc so these are all enterprise and things like that yeah yeah and and uh, jungle cms was originally created as an enterprise system so it it kind of was uh, supposed to tick all these uh, boxes that enterprise customers have. And I think that's also uh, really important to to understand where, where Jungle CMS is coming from. It's really coming from a world where you have to tick all those boxes to comply with the requirements of, uh, of, uh, of enterprise customers. I think that that's okay. interesting because when I came in, I did the fun thing, which was to poke fun at, at WordPress, like under the assumption that WordPress is something that you guys consider a, pet- a competitive product at Django CMS. But maybe you don't, right? Um, maybe, yeah, I was going to say it seems more aligned with like Drupal. Drupal or uh, like or, a hardier CMS. Yes. Uh, I don't even yes. know what else is in that space. Like like Joomla was at one point for like higher ed. Joomla mm-hmm. was super popular in the PHP world, at least. Um, yeah, so that's that's worth noting. And and I think you know we kind of hit that from a couple of different angles today, depending on what your yeah, use case is. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Super interesting because um, yeah, definitely Jungle CMS. I would never see it as a um, as a WordPress competitor, yeah. it's, as Austin said, it's really more uh, in the in the league of, of Drupal. And actually, we see Drupal as a, probably the, the, the first uh, or the most important important competitors. I think this is kind of the market where Jungle CMS is in. But I would be super interested to understand if maybe uh, you guys um, on the in the in the Wagtail community see WordPress as a competitor, as a direct competitor. I think a lot of people do. I think that at least in the use cases of where I where I have personally seen Wagtail applied is in a situation where you'd be choosing between, um, you know, WordPress, um, Wagtail, or or something like you know, Ghost was popular for just a little while on the JavaScript side, things like that. Um, Wagtail, you know, I'm I'm always I, I this show. And, and the listeners know this well, and, and Mario's learning this, is um, there's lots of tongue-in-cheek here, right? And we poke fun at a lot of different things, including ourselves. Um, and Wagtail can be the butt of a lot of jokes. It's the right tool for a lot of problems. And if it weren't, it wouldn't be so popular. I don't like working with it, so I like to make fun of it. But that doesn't mean it's not the right tool for a lot of jobs. 
Um, so I don't know that I would ever blanket recommend like, oh, well, you shouldn't use WordPress. You should use Wagtail. There's not like a, you can't just go push a button and get a theme, right? You can't hand Wagtail to a content editor after it's freshly installed and say, go install all your favorite SEO plugins and pick a theme and customize it and yeah. just go nuts. You can't do that. Um, it does require it's developers. just so convenient for editors, right? Yeah. Uh, editors have so much power in WordPress. They just click around and they have stuff that uh, otherwise you would uh, really have to put a team on. And that's that's. I think that's what you get when you build a product or you build a, a digital product with the intent of serving the needs of an individual, right? WordPress was a personal blogging platform. Therefore, you could not assume in any situation whatsoever that someone had access to a programmer, a graphic designer, a, 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 a hosting partner, or a sysadmin, or any of those things. And so you had to build it to... Um, work in that sort of uh, personal context, and and that's the kind of product you get from it to its benefit. Now, I would recommend the minute you need to do something like around multi-tenancy in WordPress, which is awful. Like WordPress multi-site was one of the worst things from working with it. The worst. Yeah, anything like that where it's like, I want to route, I want one code base and I want to route traffic um, to one domain to different. So I want to like separate the hardware. I want to scale these sites independently. Like, good luck. There's no separation of concerns. I want to host content in different CDNs. I want to do geographic, like none of that there. WordPress multi-site is basically like get the biggest server you can find and host a bunch of sites on that one machine, right? Um, and like we're about to start a project where we're going to recommend Wagtail and it's because we're migrating away from a single WordPress install to one CMS install that needs to power about 75 different websites that all have some combination of shared content and components, but also unique um, content scheduling. And it needs to be customized. It's it's very esoteric to their need. And, and so far we're looking at, at Wagtail for that. Although, you know, as just like a, uh, I think a response from this show and in hearing you talk about it, um, I'm interested just personally um, to go read up on on how much Django CMS has changed, and particularly what's coming with Django CMS four, to understand like you know if there are benefits there to this type of application that we, um, you know, as a knee jerk reaction to what we're used to, look at and go, okay, this is a wagtail problem. Um, you know, maybe there's a keep an open mind, right? And so um, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, again, like wagtail, do we see? Is it a competitor to WordPress? I think yes. But is it like a just drop-in replacement? Absolutely not. And WordPress is fine in a lot of situations, or it wouldn't be what it is today. And that was my does, nice yeah, thing I that have, I have to say about WordPress. And that's that's does, the last. Does Drive know you're coming for him? Have you have you uh, made a trip over to to see him? Like he's in Belgium. Drive's the creator of of Drupal. No, not not yet. But it's still on my bucket list. There you go. You got to go see the enemy, lock him eye to eye, eye, stare him down. Exactly. Exactly. That's still on my, still on my to-do list. Yeah. Yeah. And there's uh, actually, we also do a lot of WordPress projects and uh, mostly for, for smaller projects, not for enterprise level projects. And um, so maybe we we should uh, switch to Wagtail for our WordPress projects and uh, use Wagtail instead of WordPress. Give it a look, you know. um, This is ending very diplomatically. I'm a little uncomfortable. We're talking about Django CMS. Now we've got Mario (laughs) considering Wagtail. This is not where I first. He he is calling in from Switzerland, and so I do expect some some heavy diplomacy coming. Uh, Well, you know, Mario, we're. Oh, go ahead. Exactly, because we're the neutral guys. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But it would be nice to have the whole stack uh, in Python and be able to only do Python stuff and then maybe have a uh, Wagtail for, for one type of projects and Django CMS for, for another type of projects that are maybe a little bit more enterprising. I would say like 100% that of, of all the negative things I can say about WordPress, the most important one is that I have to touch PHP to get to it. Um, I just right, prefer exactly. to work in Python, you know. Uh, Mario, we're, we're kind of coming close to the end of our time, but I wanted to check, and, and um, we, we really appreciate you coming on. How can people find more about Django CMS? And what are you guys looking for? Are you looking for contributors? Are you looking for, um, you know, financial contributors and co-contributors? How can they find information about it? Um, yeah, so everything is on... 
everything is on django-cms.org. So that's django-cms.org. And uh, also the home of Django CMS Association is uh, on that very same website. You'll find everything in one single place. And uh, of course, we are currently very actively um, uh, seeking for new members, especially service providers, uh, web agencies that are already using Django CMS or are planning to do so, or anybody else that has already a stake in uh, Django CMS. So uh, these people, uh, we would, of course, be very happy if uh, those people would sign up as uh, members to a Django CMS Association, but also everybody else, especially developers who are interested in uh, uh, CMS technology, um, developers that are uh, Python-based or Django-based, they should definitely have a look at uh, Django CMS as well. And we have a lot of work to do, of course. Uh, Django CMS, as you said earlier at the beginning of the call, you uh, left it at, in 2013. I came into the Django CMS world uh, in 2016. Okay, yeah. So it's... Neither of us have used the same product. Yeah, we, we don't even know what the other one's talking about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's crazy. So the, the code base uh, has a couple... Uh, of years um, already. I definitely think um, the version number started with a one when I used it last. I'm pretty sure. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't want to know how that, how that looked like <laughs> back in the old days. <laughs> and so we are definitely looking for contributors. Um, we are quite well organized. We are organized in work groups. The work groups are open to everybody. So we have, since we started with the association six months ago, we are now in a pretty well-organized shape and we're really ready to scale it a bit. So anyone interested in Python or in Django or in Django CMS itself is very welcome to contribute. Awesome, that's fantastic. Go, I was going to say, go look for low-hanging fruit issues on GitHub or contact via email directly or how yeah. do we, how do we so, hop in? Yeah, when we founded the Jungle CMS Association, we um, also looked for a community manager. And uh, pretty soon after the creation of the, the Jungle CMS Association, or DCA, how we call it in short, um, we then hired a community manager. His name is Nikolai. Um, he has an email address at nikolai at jungle-cms.org. Um, we also have a discourse forum and we have a Slack channel and on the website you'll find a lot of information on how to join and how to get in touch. And all of us, as well as Nikolai, um, are very happy to welcome you and to kind of answer your questions and also to direct you a little bit um, towards uh, where you can add value and how you can contribute. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll um, we'll add we'll add links to the the different sites and, and places um, to the show notes as well for for our listeners. Mario, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. Um, hey, I was, thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for you know sharing all the information about Wagtail as well. So I'll definitely also have a look at Wagtail and see where it is similar and where it is different to. Uh, Jungle CMS. We're also, I think, we're gonna return the favor on our end and uh, maybe do a little backtail versus Jungle CMS uh, greet or something like this in the upcoming weeks. That's awesome. Um, to better, so that people better understand where backtail makes sense and where Jungle CMS makes sense in in their respective uh, situations and the client requirements. I think we can someone who just did lots of research to prepare for this talk. I would say the literature is very weak out there, so that would be <laughs> welcome. Oh yes, it is. There's literally nothing out there that makes any sense currently, and we want to. I mean, except of course your talk uh, in November, and I think we have a blog post as well. But I think we can we can add to that. Well, it's good. We're, We're thought leaders. We're, we're thought leaders, and that's what happens when you're a thought leader. We're contributing now to enhancing that content. So, and we'll we'll meet you there. We'll, we'll in the interest of of uh, diplomacy and open mindedness. I want to look at um, where 
because uh, I mean, like in truth, we do have an upcoming, like somewhat imminent, like Austin's looking around going like, what the hell is this project they're talking about uh, with the 75 websites? This is hot off the press, like as of today. Um, yeah. And we, we do have to do some um, tooling evaluation as part of this project. And so this is a good time for us to, um, you know, uh, put it, put, put some, some rigor around, you know, evaluating. We have a, we have a use case to evaluate against. And so um, that'll be interesting. So we're, you know, definitely it's something I'm energized to do is to go learn, um, you know, where these, uh, where, where the differences are between these products to, to learn more about, you know, how Jago CMS could potentially help in these kinds of scenarios. So it should be fun. But thanks for thanks for coming on with us, and uh, yeah, after you learn when you when after you do it, we should do a follow up. I'm curious to know. At the very least, you got to let us know what you learned um, in evaluating those. And I don't care if you choose. I'm not saying you should pick Wagtail uh, over Django CMS, but do pick it over WordPress and tell us how that goes. <laughs> we adapt anytime. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. Uh, it was really fun, and uh, hope to see you guys soon. Thanks again. We'll have you back Thank anytime. You All right. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Uh, thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you in a week or two. Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty Labs. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to future episodes via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow at Friday Deploy on Facebook and Twitter for episode previews, live streams, and other behind-the-scenes peaks. Past episodes and show notes on this episode can be found at friday.hirelofty.com. That's friday.hirelofty.com. If you'd like to contact the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at podcast at hirelofty.com.